0: Hey, Shai Almok, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here again. Yeah. And your second name is, of course, the debug agent. Yeah, Alias. Alias. Yeah. This time... I just it is thought going-
1: about it this week that uh, I made a mistake because, you know, I told you about how I worked in the office and it was burning and I left out and I should have called myself burning building code or something like that. Uh, uh, but, you know...
0: Yeah, Missed opportunity. Like the burning monk, you know, there was one from, uh, you know, the character, and you will be the burning <laughs> yeah. coder.
1: I missed on that. You know, after the fact, you pick up all these great names, but already did all the SEO work for debug agents, so Last,
0: missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, but debug agent, I like it. So, and um, it is a nice page again, and um, which points to your book and your causes, and uh, yeah. Uh, I think I ordered your book already, and if I find some time, vacations, I will also watch your courses. So this is my my plan. Appreciate it. And, um, and uh, yeah, the listeners also should do this. Uh, this is the um, homework assignment for the listeners um, of the podcast. Very good. Today I plan to to have you know the most controversial episode in the history of XFM, and um, what it is is I would like to find out why Code Name One is smaller than JavaFX. So this uh have to be you know the und- uh, the understanding uh from technical perspective and what I also interested in is first how codename 1 works behind the scenes and then if we find time which i hope but i don't think it is possible with us <laughs> is to um explain your debug you know uh, agent uh, strategies and tactics but um uh let's start with the codename 1 and by the way to the listeners uh, what we have we have a nice uh nice place called the airhacks discord server so if you like join you can also ping uh, shy and ask about his causes or whatever so this just you know just fun okay shy so now um maybe i don't know how to start but um what i what i did i took a look at codename one uh, again and it looks nice professional and is fairly popular so even on github you have 1.4 k stars what what for for a Java and 355 uh, forks and for uh java software is actually pretty good and it looks like you are the contributor number one and uh you are a little bit lazy in twenty twenty two so you are far more active in twenty sixteen yeah. to twenty nineteen but uh, there is you know shana which is active right now and yeah. uh on hand is very 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 lazy so uh greetings to hand but he he has to code more so basically you and chada do the work right now and um you have 3000 commits to code name 1 so um yeah let's cover this because i think it can be still interesting so, to lots of projects um i mean how to start right so code name so, 1 for okay me, so let's yeah.
1: let's start with a few things. Uh, First of all, you said that JavaFX is more popular, but that very much depends on how you measure popularity. If you talk about mobile apps created, then Codename One is ahead by several orders of magnitude. I mean, we have lots of actual apps in production from large corporations, lots of businesses depend on us. And real-world projects, not just, you know, uh, toys or demos or things like that. I'm not familiar with anything that actually went into production other than games and uh, that uh, app Uh for DevOps. Uh, There's the demo that uh, shows NASA uh, running with JavaFX, but that's on the desktop. They showed it as a demo on tablets, but I don't think that's something that they actually uh, used. And the thing is that when you try to take things that were built for the world of desktop and shrink them into mobile, you quickly run into uh, unexpected problems. And one of the first problems, at least until recently, was that these devices are still much weaker than uh, desktops. They have far less memory by uh, far less memory. And you need to use it a lot more to do lots of stuff on a much larger screen in, in terms of density, the number of pixels that you need to drive, the way that you need to code to it in the GPU and everything. It's very difficult. And doing that with JavaFX is just really hard. It was designed as a Flash replacement. It was, And there's a reason that Flash isn't running on devices. And it's a technical one. It's not just... A uh, fashion one. It's just really hard to adapt to all of these devices. So in that regard I think we're ahead. Why we don't have uh, 50,000 stars uh, or something like that is mostly me. I think uh, I made pretty much every possible mistake I could with Codename One. Initially when we launched we didn't take funding Uh, which was also, again, my incompetence personally. And, uh, And because of that, we needed to make money. We needed to create something that both has traction and makes revenue. And our starting point was open source and our product was always open source. But we also didn't really help people who wanted to just use the open source for free. And this really hurt our traction early on and our perception as an open source project. Every time we tried to promote the project, people would go, oh, this is a proprietary commercial cloud solution. And even though we had an open source option, we sort of got quickly um, sort of blacklisted in lots of places. Like uh, on our Java, if you even mention Codename One, you sort of uh, get pushed out. And downvoted. So it's, we're a bit of a project non grata, shall I put it. Also, my stance is against JavaFX uh, because I do think it's uh, it's a problematic status of a project, a project that was overdeveloped, as I mentioned earlier, over engineered, mostly because of management mistakes, not because of the engineers I have. Um, the utmost let me interrupt
0: respect you. To, so first, yeah. popularity, What I this was a wrong maybe term. So what I mm-hmm. wanted to say is uh, m- better known, right? Because if I mention Java... Familiarity, yeah. Because um, in a project, so ask someone now, do you know Java Fix?" Yes, mm-hmm. codename one, maybe not. So um, t- t- so popularity yeah. was uh, was not exact. I'll, I can so give next, you
1: a personal anecdote here. A uh, 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 few years once, back...
0: Because right now, I'm uh, now on the JFX repository OpenJDK. And take a look, it's not a difference. So two K stars, I would say not a huge difference to 1.4. And if I take a look at the contributor list, so the Kevin uh, Rushforth, he is uh, the main, but you know, in 2022 and 2021, your his contribution is very similar to yours. And there is one, another contributor, Ar- a This is his Ambarish uh, um, Raptor. And he contributes right now, but I would say if you if you compare, you know, also for the listeners, the contribution of CodeName One right now with JFX, which is the open source uh, variant of Java VIX, is not that different. Interestingly, so um, hmm. still, and 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 we we actually this CodeName One just happened. I actually wanted to talk with you with debug agents, so it's interesting that it actually uh, is still, uh, still, still, still a thing. Um, so I would say familiarity, or you know, the the term is better known than Codename One. This is what yeah. I wanted to express, yeah. not uh, popularity and like installation totally. base. Yeah.
1: That's a huge problem. I Back in the day, uh, I think 2015 or so, maybe sooner, maybe 2014, I don't remember. It was still, there were still Java Ones going around. Uh, we had a big customer and we had lots of revenue and uh, we decided what, how will we spend that revenue. So we got a booth at Java One we used to go every year, but just to talk. And this time we got a booth and I actually talked with 800 people, visitors. And of these 800 visitors, four four people knew Codename One beforehand, before I spoke to them. And these are people that come to conferences, to a conference where I have sessions every year, and they still weren't familiar. 796 of them weren't familiar. And I know it's 796 because these are people that I scanned the badges of, you know, it's, I counted. So it's a problem. Uh, and a lot of that is preaching to the choir. I tried to promote Codename One. And when I did that, uh, I did that together with my day, day job of actually coding, of running the company, of doing everything else. And obviously, when you do something halfway, it gets done halfway. We didn't have any marketing. We didn't have any of that. On the other hand, JavaFX had the value of being a product of Sun and Oracle. And Mm -hmm. just by being a product of a company like that, you get tremendous traction out of of the gate. You can be on the keynote stage every year at Java 1 and get uh, promotions through there. All the members of the team become uh, uh, Java champions, where I'm probably banned for life from that organization, and uh, it's it becomes sort of a, a, a uh, problem. That feels is, is it true?
0: I cannot imagine that this is true. Shy. Uh,
1: it's uh, pretty much so. <laughs> Why yeah. that? Bec- because I said a few bad things about uh, a particular. Um, I said some things that are kind of negative. I won't repeat them, and okay. I won't delete things that. But against I said against fix or
0: against against, against fix right?
1: No, against uh, against uh, against people is more partially. problematic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I get that it's problematic. The problem is that it's kind of true. So it's I have a problem with deleting that and apologizing for something that I think is true. Okay. and I get that i get I get why I'm kind of uh out of it but mm-hmm. um but I won't erase history and I can't apologize to that particular person because I think it's true and I think he did some serious damage uh, mm-hmm. to java so but he's a java champion so he got there first and i'll probably never be one thanks to that so that's mm-hmm. okay anyway but but that's the thing they get a, a very large platform as a result of that and for us every aspect of progress is kind of an uphill battle and historically we had to make uh make revenue from codename one uh to a larger extent so we uh, overly focused on the revenue-producing uh, aspects, like the build service and things like that, and weren't. And using the open source was a hassle. We had documentation on how to do that, but we sort of said, "Okay, if you want to do that, you're on your own." Mm-hmm. And we switched that a few years back, but uh, it didn't change anything. People didn't really change their perception of CodeName One being more open, thanks to that change. Um, I think. Mu- Part of that might have been my fatigue in marketing, because I'm not a marketer. I did develop relations at Lightrun and develop advocacy, but that's not really marketing. That's mostly uh, informing, and I can't do those things. I'm, I'm not really a good marketer, or, and even, even in the terms of advocacy, I, I don't push as well as I should, and I sort of fall into my familiar channels. So people outside of these channels don't get the same message to that same extent. I don't, I didn't go to new conferences as much. I didn't uh, publish in new venues as much as I should, and the word didn't get out enough.
0: But we are talking so. about marketing, which is for me a little bit less interesting because the technical no stuff is uh, more appealing. But my feedback is, and it's also changed over the years. As Oracle removed Java Vix from the uh, from the uh, JDK or Open JDK distribution, so my my um, my perception was it's over. So because uh, now you know, um, uh, regardless how skilled Johann Foss is with this company Gluon, uh, it is really hard for a small company to keep up with the entire. Platform engineering and you know the different uh, graphic cards and CPUs and whatever is really hard. And I actually under underestimated Johan's pa- passion for that because he was really really into it and uh, similar person somehow to you because he also you know uh, ported the Linux and was very passionate about Java. So I know Johan very well and he's really so passion is you no know, is number one and uh, my perception is marketing is number two whatever. Well, which which is why why some you know Java projects. Uh, work differently to the outside world because if you if you if you pick you know a business project for them you know revenue and 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 marketing is number one and the technology is number two and I would say many Java developers are very passionate about Java still where they cannot be measured by usual you know business uh, business measurements because it is outside of the you know of the uh, reasonable things right so um, yeah let's say I like really sun without knowing why. For instance, right? So this is something like this is not repeatable. So and maybe in your case it was the same. We just like you know whatever Sun did because we like Sun and follow Sun. And I don't know whether there will be another company uh, with the same you know um, how to call it cachet. vibe cachet, yeah. And um, and that that's 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 the difference. And um, the codename one for me. Was even worse because it was never Oracle or Sun, right? And uh, I uh, only knew Hen a little bit, and uh, it looked good. But I say um, I would say, okay, if they are not successful in business, they will drop the entire project, and everything is over. So this is what uh, yeah. what was yeah. But now it changed. First, um, Johan proved that it, he actually over a longer uh, amount of time is able to do this, and if they prove it, means other companies could also achieve that. And now I know your background as well, you know, with the Luit and all the stuff, and it is actually doable if you are passionate. And uh, what also changes, is how um, is called the thing from Google, which is very similar. I always forget the name. Uh, Flutter, you know, Flutter, exactly. And and for me, I mean, I would use Code Name One or I would use Gluon before I play with Flutter. This is my because the risks are the same. So, my that codename one disappears or Flutter disappears, I would say is ver, Google is not very well known, you know, for, for sticking to projects. And at least Java developers, I know they are crazy. So, maybe, you know, it is it, 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 it um, we can rely more on Codeway num on gluon. So, what I did, I so gluon proved me or and you as well, but I didn't, I took a look, you know, over a longer period of time, con, code name one. Prove that um actually small companies can provide support over a longer period of time 5 years or whatever and it worked well and now even that far that oracle takes they try to re reintegrate uh, java x somehow to 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 think and maybe as a good idea you know you can ask oracle I, I don't know about politics but um maybe i could, could uh, know uh, pink azul systems or whatever or or other companies and say look we have other nice solution and maybe something happens yeah, who knows right because again if Flutter is successful, Codename one can be also su- su- successful as well. So for me, it is actually for Java developers. I would say the market is not Java VX. The market would be Flutter for Java developers. This would be my market. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah,
1: it's and, uh, that's that was my hope when Flutter came out that it would mm-hmm. prove the market, and mm-hmm. essentially a rising tide raises all boats, and yeah. uh, and sort of proved the need for something because our architecture is very similar to the one of Flutter. Uh But uh, the result was that Flutter sort of drowned out all of the discussion and sort of took over everything. Also, its success was mostly in uh, China driven, and that's a very monolithic market. Mm -hmm. And they all go as a single block, and it was harder for us to penetrate them without resources in Chinese language and things like that. So it was very difficult for us to capitalize on any success that they had. Uh, We did talk with Azul and other companies like that in the past. Uh, Oracle isn't really an option because Oracle is JavaFX. And uh, they don't, even if they left it, the people who are still interested in mobile and things like that would have to sort of align with what was officially the product that they issued. They okay. uh, won't go with something like Codename One, especially not because we can't be 100% compliant with Java and current Java to be small enough. That, that's part of the benefit of Codename One, that we're very small and part of that is that we're not 100% compliant in terms mm-hmm. of newer features of Java, in terms of the module system, things like that. We just can't reasonably do that because we go even smaller than uh, things that uh, they sort of invented more recently. Uh, also, the things on iOS, we, we changed minor things, but, but I doubt we'll pass a TCK. Uh, mostly for performance. So things like uh, our string in the iOS version literally maps directly to the iOS native string, the NS string. And that gives us a lot of performance advantage when sending stuff to the UI and things like that. But it's obviously there are nuances. Uh, that That's... So Oracle isn't an option for Azul and companies like that. There's not much of an interest because they provide JVMs for enterprise and things like that. So
0: but there's I mean, not mean Oracle really... is huge, right? about what what, what mm. could be an option? You know, Oracle Labs with GraalVM, for instance. This guys, yeah, a bit different. But
1: it's but it's an it's a homegrown solution. The yeah. idea, yeah. it's kind of a it's an upsell to Oracle, and it, it's a. It's a problem. It uh-huh. doesn't fit with the current approach in Oracle where things go through the Java community process. And, uh, and it's sort of, there's a problematic fit there. And there's a problematic fit through the industry because even companies that do mobile to some degree, uh, it, it's, most of these companies are server companies. And most of the audience of Java developers are server developers now. So you end up with either server developers or Android developers. Now, the Android developers work with the Android tools and the stack, so for them, one of the things we tried to do initially was offer a solution that lets you essentially com- take Android applications, import them into CodeName One, and then compile them to everything. And we were interested if, if something like that would help us gain some traction, but this got very little interest from Android developers. And the reason is most Android developers are either indie developers that are building something on their own and then they'll just do a native because they're hobbyists usually, or they work in a corporation and then they've got their very specific responsibility of building the Android native application, in which point they just hire a different company or a different uh, developer to build the iOS version. So they don't have the motivation to use a cross-platform tool Uh, and similar solutions by the way for porting android applications as is to ios have uh, all failed as far as i know you know technically it's theoretically partially possible but realistically uh, you get a subpar product if you do that if you take that approach and mostly uh the, the motivations are problematic The motivation of Flutter is you start with the desire to build a cross-platform application, and that's a more sensible motivation. So the question is, um, we have an audience of Java developers, but most of them are already in the server side, and they don't get the task of building the mobile application usually. So you're kind of stuck with uh, relatively few people who have the ability to be a decision maker on their own who are interested in building it with Java and are interested in doing it uh, in building the mobile app as part of the single team. And there's a market there. Uh, I'm sure it's as big as Flutter's, but it's a, a much harder sell when you're a smaller company. And, yes, and that's, uh, that's yeah. The it won't challenge. be never
0: as big as Flutter, but I think there are lots of projects where you know, like enterprise projects, where people don't care. They yeah. just would like to write you know Java code quickly and ship it to many is, platforms.
1: The problem is, it's a it's a marketing challenge. It's yeah. not necessarily a technical challenge alone. And as a couple of hackers, you know, uh, we're we're a group of of hackers. All of us, none of us are really all that much into marketing, uh, myself included and uh and it's hard to to cross that uh, specific chasm to to become a uh, a larger uh presence in this field and uh i don't really know how to do that uh, not I now think, you know, and not
0: then. Be, because what also changed is you know the, the longevity of the apps was a big thing you know the swing apps that they run for 15 years and the expectation was for java VX. I would say now the expectations is different. So if you create a mobile app, app, no one, you know, believes that it will run for ten years. I mean, this is like, you know, I don't know, uh, five generations of devices. So you will have to adapt. So I would say the dependence on the platform like Code Name One is not that, you know, problematic because if you're depending on Flutter, then there is no TCK, there is no standard, there is nothing. So I would say with Code Name One, at least, you know, we have Java as a standard, right? So I would say this is this is different than um, 10 years ago because 10 years ago you know it was really i, I was in projects where uh, companies asked me you know we have a huge swing applications how to port them somewhere and they still believed one to one port they wanted to have one to one port you know to app one to every you know view has to be one to one ported somewhere else and i said cuz we'll never fly who who has you know in in a web app uh, 500 taps it 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 doesn't work right and um and uh, this changed right now. So I would say there are lots of you no know, situational apps which do one thing very well, and for that it is not a big deal to be depending on, let's say, proprietary, not TCK compliant product, you know. And uh, maybe the problem was that uh, if you try, you know, to market Code Name One as a standard, which is not, many people become angry. Me, myself as well, because you know, a microprofile in Java E, for me is a standard, standard, not a standard, not a standard. But if you say, okay, uh, we are pragmatic. So we do whatever is necessary to to make it run fast on all platforms, and uh, at least we use Java. That, that changes completely the conversation, and no one will criticize you that you are not a standard, right? Because you are just an an and an, an pragmatic toolkit to build mobile apps. I'm just curious because um, really, this codename one was no more on my radar, and now it's still alive. So I become you know uh, curious uh, what I can do in my projects, maybe because uh, why not? I mean. Um, I mean, again, we have lots of pro- projects. I tell my clients, you know, um, Codename One is a small company, but it works well right now. If, if five years is over, we don't care, right? If you say yes, then go for it, yeah. right? I mean, this is, co- this is an honest discussion. And, uh, but, say, but you have no guarantees in Flutter that it will work, and you have even less guarantees in Angular that actually it will work the same way. So this I'll is actually completely complete different world.
1: Uh, you don't, if you program to mobile, you have no guarantees in native. Because Apple yeah. and Google change things like every other month, and, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and, and every few and, months, and, and, I don't yet know yet what your opinion update. is
0: about uh, Android. Uh, so my perception is uh, Google doesn't like uh, Java and Kotlin a lot, and and they would really like to have their own native stuff, right? So I think they would love to to have you know their own uh, operating system. So this is um, my I guess. I doubt that.
1: That's okay. That just won't happen. There's uh, you know, there's the of, uh it's called yeah yeah fuchsia. Uh, That won't happen. Uh, And the reason it won't happen is because Google doesn't control Android. Uh, It's sort of the reason Android is powerful. And they do have sort of they made it closed source thanks to Google Play services. So Android is no longer open source. But Android is popular thanks to uh, operators and manufacturers. There's sort of a delicate balance that Google was able to achieve because they were in the right place in the right time where everyone was afraid of Apple. Mm -hmm. And they sort of got this uh, coalition of the willing, so to speak, between all the manufacturers, all the operators to build this sort of thing. And now that they dominate this field, they can't really replace it without full compatibility and without uh, at least a significant uh, batch of collaborators who are willing to move, and they will need to also move the apps because they need the customers mm-hmm. to also move. And this is actually really, really difficult because uh, building an entire ecosystem from scratch is is huge. And I don't see them able to do that anytime in any sort of uh, reasonable amount of future uh, okay. because they would need to rewrite all the apps. They would need to adapt all the devices, all of the stacks within the devices. There's so much stuff to do there. And it's just not not something that everyone is willing to collaborate on just because Google doesn't like being with Java or with Kotlin, both of yeah. which are essentially the sa- same yeah. side of uh, the co- coin. Because even if yeah. you port everything to Kotlin, it's still a type of Kotlin that depends on a VM under it. So mm-hmm. they can't really... Throw away the JVM. They might be able to change it a bit. Although it's not mm-hmm. technically a JVM, there it's uh, it's an AOT uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, system that's based on Art, which is a runtime that's kind of JVM-like, but uh, um, Dalvik, more, right? Still, uh, is still Dalvik? Yeah, yeah, it's still that. Uh, it's just uh, right now it's called Art, which is Art. Android okay. runtime, mm-hmm. and it's um, it essentially uses more AOT when mm-hmm. uh, when installing so you get uh, uh, better startup time performance lower memory overhead and stuff like that although it's still pretty fat relatively to what it could do and to cdc and stuff like that that we had decades ago so mm-hmm. you know frustrating yeah.
0: okay now uh if we consider java VX technical stack and code name one technical stack um if we if you just consider java so roughly um what happens from, you know, the not maybe CPU, whatever's reasonable from the JVM perspective, maybe start with the JVM uh, up the stack. Uh, so what I understood is JavaFX is completely rewrite, So there is no more swing. So they have their own uh, graphics pipeline. Mm-hmm. This is what they are doing. And um, they are more flexible. And um, yeah, can you just briefly describe, what you know, what JavaFX is doing? But And then I'm interested in all the differences to code name one.
1: So JavaFX has uh, a few nice things there. It was built uh, for uh, historically Swing and AWT used immediate mode graphics, which meant essentially every time you draw the frame and in, in AWT, it doesn't matter, and Swing, it, it, the, it's still a lightweight interface where it draws everything. And every time it draws uh, the UI, it essentially gets a graphics object and you just draw all the elements. So if you have a button, you sit on the screen, it literally draws the square, it draws the text, it draws everything. With JavaFX, you usually work with a scene graph mode, which means you essentially declare that there's a square over there, you build a sort of a structure similar to a DOM structure, and Mm -hmm. then the rendering pipeline renders it when convenient. And then they built a widget stuff, the, the button and everything on top of that scene graph mode. Now, this is actually, if we look at mobile interfaces, by the way, Android took the approach more similar to Swing, where every UI element uh, uses immediate mode, and iOS took the uh, initially the immediate mode and then switched to using something closer to Scene Graph. Uh, Swift UI. What do you mean?
0: You mean the Swing? No, Swift before UI. even
1: before swi- even before okay, Swift okay. UI, they they okay. took that approach, uh, Canvas something, uh, UI okay. Canvas, if I remember correctly, I'm hazy on that a bit. So. The thing is that these approaches, um, the advantage of immediate mode is that you get more control, but the disadvantage is that the, it's really hard to program um, efficiently for the GPU uh, and still be generic. So the GPU uh, accepts sort of commands And it's really good at blending and doing all of those complex things where you need to sort of have partial transparency and things like that and a blur effect. It's really good at that because it can do all of that composing in hardware. And imagine a painter's algorithm where you need to draw things from the back all the way up to create those effects like transparency and blur. So you need to go all the way back and draw all the pieces. And the GPU can do that for you sort of for free with a single... Uh, command just add a shader and it does all of those effects for you when you when you want to render things. So with scene graph uh, structure you can sort of build all of these shaders into the GPU and build all of that stack all the way up. The problem is when you build these things and they don't work as you expect suddenly it becomes really really impossible to debug it or to understand what's going on because it's sort of, it's an internal implementation detail. And you, as an end user, don't have any tools to to dig into that. You sort of need to go into a debugger built for the implementer of the scene graph and understand what happened in terms of of the GPU. And things can perform really badly. Also, when you want to express things that are complex there, for instance, say you have a chart that has a million points on it, which isn't something out of the ordinary. Will you add a million points into a scene graph so someone can zoom in? You can't do that. So it it gets very complex to build some things that are supposedly trivial uh, to implement. And uh, and in immediate mode, it's more intuitive sometimes for developers. So we use immediate mode, which, as I said, it has advantages and disadvantages. we made it work reasonably well with the GPU. Uh, I can not say that it's perfect, but it's good. And uh, JavaFX has a scene graph mode. And despite that, it usually doesn't really utilize the GPU uh, well enough because that's just really, 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 really hard to code. And mm-hmm. I've looked at some of the code for uh, not even the scene graph, for the immediate mode stuff and the JDK itself, uh, uh that we did in uh back in the day and it's insane the stuff that they did that they do there for uh support of uh, uh shaders and and it's just it's really hard code to write at scale because it's not just coding you essentially generate code dynamically and adapt it so it will mix with the java code and you need to constantly transfer textures mm-hmm. in a smart way because textures have limits in terms of what you have it's mm-hmm. very low level stuff mm-hmm. and it's just it's something that you need a huge team on to to build mm-hmm. and so okay let, that, let, let Java, me
0: rephrase uh, that mm-hmm. rephrase that so what uh, what I understood mm-hmm. is uh, so the Java fix is based on a scene graph so there's a everything starts with a, like a canvas and the there's a nodes and the uh, and the nodes are similar to concept is similar to Dom like in HTML and the uh, Dom uh, the nodes are somehow painted but uh, what I understood is, is immediate mode in Swing was one-to-one mapping between the UI and the painting. So every button and text field were painted by themselves. And the Java no, picks, no, you are no. walking so, this sorry. tree. No, no.
1: So, no, no. Um, so there's two layers. There is the graphics layer, which is yeah. the layer where you draw the shapes and the text and things like that.
0: Like Java and 2D. In swing, it's immediate like
1: mode. Exactly. So Java 2D is an immediate mode API. In Java okay. 2D, you get a graphics object, you just draw a square, and the next time you render, you need to draw the square over again and over again and over again. Exactly. In scene graph mode, you place a square on the screen in a specific coordinate, and it will be drawn on forever. You never need to draw it again. You just place it there, and it stays there. And oh, that's then of, similar to that's web? That's sort of a DOM-like.
0: The, then in web, yeah. it's similar. This is other way around. So the uh, the the, the, the Java fix would be more like a canvas in web, where you're drawing your know, stuff, and what Swing did with Java 2D was more like a DOM, where you know every DOM node was somehow you know transferred to the browser. No, Things so of- that's
1: the component. That's the component yeah. level. On the component level, they both have a sort of scene graph structure
0: mm-hmm. where you
1: build a component hierarchy. So both of them have that same sort of concept. But for the graphics layer, which is a separate mm-hmm. layer from the component widget layer, mm-hmm. uh, there the scene graph is where, what matters, and there you have. Uh, in JavaFX, it's a scene graph where you build a sort of structure in memory mm-hmm. and that structure sort of gets drawn for you. You don't have control over the drawing process. And in Swing, you need to draw the frame every time. So Because you, you don't know there is no the draw-
0: relation between the nodes, right? This is the problem with Swing. You have uh, the Java 2D is painted everything and you necessarily don't know if an effect like shadow or whatever affects uh, a button. What else is affected, no, you don't right? know, you
1: don't have that structure, yeah. And, but in uh,
0: Java, you have because the relation between nodes you know which yeah. nodes affects which nodes, and you can draw whatever you like in the node. But you know, you know, the this is why it is similar to CSS a little bit because they also have you know borders and C- whatever, uh, yeah, so.
1: yeah, and SVG. And SVG yeah. is also a scene graph, so in a sense, it's very similar to that. But how did uh, they Java got
0: FX. the idea in JavaVix? Um, was JavaVix based on something different, or was it a fresh idea? Was it was. It was ah, F3. based okay. on S
1: three. Yeah. So over there, have that, ask, the idea of scene Chris Oliver, from
0: there. how Chris got yeah. the idea for the for the scene graph. This so that's
1: from Flash, and it's from ah, and it's okay. not a new idea because it predated Flash as well. The idea of scene graph versus immediate mode is ancient in terms of computer graphics. Okay. okay. And And. Uh, Generally, because OpenGL is an immediate mode API, uh, a lot of APIs chose to go with immediate mode uh, because the hardware uh, worked that way, okay. and still mm-hmm. does to some degree. Uh, but uh, the advantage of SceneGraph graph is that when the the hardware is really really hard to manipulate, especially uh, when things get more complex with uh, with compute and things like that, that you can leverage potentially on the GPU. And the uh, uh, the advantage of placing as much as possible on the GPU is tremendous. You can do a lot of the rendering heavy lifting without essentially activating the CPU at all. Mm-hmm. And the problem is you need to be very savvy to, to program in that particular way. And doing that on a device is, is really hard because the... There's changes and nuances and and limitations, uh, because you know uh, if you take a texture, an image that you see on the screen, it's really a texture on the GPU, and the textures on the GPU have uh, very specific requirements in terms of size and uh, and everything that that you cannot upload there. So you and uploading a texture from the regular memory to the GPU memory is something that's expensive. So you constantly need to be very uh, calculating in terms of what you'll place on the GPU, what you remove from the GPU, because you don't want to overextend yourself and essentially uh, deplete that memory, and you need to to pay the right amount when uh, when you're trying to optimize uh, mm-hmm. f- for that uh, for that uh, device. So, so these things are really hard to code um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: normally, and you know, in, in a scene graph situation it's even more difficult because it needs to make that, these decisions for you. And they vary interfe- based on the Because interference device, between
0: nodes is the problem, right?
1: The problem is that, say, you have one node that has an image and then another one, yeah. an image below it, and another one below it. Exactly. And you start uploading textures for all of them into the GPU and suddenly you run out of texture space or one of them has a texture of a bad size uh, that doesn't match. So you need to take up too much space to sort of fill and then crop out the... The empty space and create a sort of effect. There's lots of decisions you need to make on the fly to sort of fit into the the way that the hardware is built. Mm -hmm. And doing that, and this is why you told me,
0: told us with the code generation because you have a stack of nodes and you have some you know effects between the nodes. So if you walk the stack. You could generate the code for the GPU. This is why you said you're generating the code, right?
1: No, no. The code generation is is part of the VM itself, not in terms of the UI. Okay, because I thought this is like, you know,
0: you are walking the the, the path, and then you think, here, this is the blend mode, and this is, and you can, uh, no, okay.
1: Now, there's a a GPU project for Java. uh, The name eludes me right now. It's a really cool project, but that's for desktop. That okay. takes uh, JVM bytecode and essentially uploads it to the GPU. It's it's a really, really cool project. Uh, the okay. name will probably come yeah, to me to the after sh- the show interview. notes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But whatever you said, it is still no reason that why JavaVix is larger than code name 1. I mean, wh- whatever you ah, said makes sense. That's yeah. not
1: uh, larger. That's why it's different. Uh, it's larger because they have more classes. It's just... Uh, Just for a hello world, they require a lot of classes. Why that? That's because because it was designed for desktop. And the limitations, they wanted to design something, an API that was beautiful. And Swing is also pretty big. And they took it beyond Swing in terms of the sensibility when they built it was to write as many classes for everything and do everything very generically. In fact, one of the problems they had back then in one of my good friends at sun was the guy that was responsible for writing uh Java FX embedded. And one of the big difficulties they had was the fact that Java used lots of generic lists with uh, auto boxing and things like that all over. And that's really, really uh, expensive in terms of performance. And on mobile, we're talking 20 times slower than just using a primitive array.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, And they did that all over the code because they wanted to be as generic as possible. Mm -hmm. And on the the desktop CPU, it might have not been a difference, although I think it was because even today, uh, you see the difference in terms of performance um, to a smaller degree. Mm -hmm. But, uh, But back then, it was very noticeable. And... And it was a re- real problem. So they created lots of classes for everything, encapsulated everything to a very large So century. the
0: problem is not the rendering um, pipeline. The problem is are the widgets and how the framework is designed, right?
1: Uh, the amount of classes, the indirection, the levels of abstraction, and also the complexity of the graphics pipeline. That, that's not the size. That's just the performance, Okay. It's a, just a, it requires a much more elaborate graphics pipeline than we do. Our implementation okay. is complex, but it's relatively simple and very conservative in terms of the APIs that we need from the underlying platform. I mean, it worked on a 2 megabyte uh, Nokia. So, it works efficiently even on today's phones because it was designed to fit at a really small uh footprint and be efficient visually on the screen in in a very mm-hmm. small uh constrained environment so the marketing so message for name
0: one would be like you know uh ugly but small and fast
1: <laughs> i don't think it's necessarily <laughs> ugly uh, okay. I think we did ugly stuff because we uh didn't have a designer on on staff uh at all mm-hmm. but uh that, no that's i mean ugly from the
0: from the Class perspective, yes. not from UI. Oh.
1: Well, because if if Java folks wanted to exactly. be
0: generic, you know, and and they they wanted to have beautiful APIs, and you say, okay, we are more direct. Maybe I it think is not small
1: and simple. Is small and simple. Okay. Probably more uh,
0: less abstraction, uh, more direct. Uh, more
1: mm-hmm. the cho- my choice of words. It, we essentially copied the design, the design sensibility in terms of classes from Swing. We just took out all the crap we didn't like it in Swing, like the J hierarchy stuff, and not Luit, was, was not
0: based on Luit more.
1: Luit copied the ideas of Swing,
0: okay. Essentially. But this it, code name one is more said, based on Luit, right?
1: Yeah, we it's literally the Luit code refactored and further remo- uh, cleaned up a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still the same basic code. You can still see see all okay. of that so now. There.
0: What is the pipeline of CodeName One? If we we now got you know the idea about JavaFX, so if you if you consider CodeName One from from the VM perspective up to you know I don't know the Hello World button on the screen, so what happens there?
1: Uh, in terms of rendering or in terms of the VM and everything? Just because a comparison. So different we, different you processes.
0: you we covered you know the JavaFX with you know the canvas and scene graph, and now what's the difference to CodeName One? So I would just like to have a comparison, you know. For the listeners um so the code name one behaves a little bit different Mm -hmm.
1: so with us it's uh closer to actually just drawing if you run on ios it's just an OpenGL or ideally in the future metal call that just draws the text or of a hello world when we want to draw text we literally invoke the text drawing function of Mm -hmm. ios and draw it onto a uh, rendered bitmap and just blit that directly so it mm-hmm. looks exactly like it would in a native application. We use the same fonts of the system and everything. And this is a large a uh, value proposition. If you
0: have a button, it's this this so, button. So no, the don't... button
1: we draw. We okay. draw the button, but text, we use the rendering system of the OS, uh, which saved us from a lot of the complexities of text rendering, because rendering text in a way that is cross-platform is just really, really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. So, we sort of cheated our way out of it by using the native systems rendering of text. and Which is rendering good idea. Uh, rendering it. No? Yeah. Uh, because the dem- people are very sensible regarding possible.
0: fonts. No? People are very sensible regarding fonts. <laughs> very much, f- very much fonts. So. And if you would draw your own text, I would think it would never fly. So, so in
1: JavaFX, they do draw their own text because they don't have a choice. It works oh, okay.
0: very in a very lightweight
1: way. Uh, so they need to draw everything and they need to have control over everything. And mm-hmm. the fact that they can't take these shortcuts because they took the sort of uh, high road of doing everything mm-hmm. in a particular mm-hmm. way limits them when they want to do things that are more flexible. Mm-hmm. So for us, all of the interaction between the native widgets and the way that Codename one renders and everything... is uh, very much tailored to every specific platform. And we don't have a unified rendering pipeline. So on Android, the way we render is very different from the way we render on iOS. And it's very different from the way we render on the web because we also support a web target. So every single one of these platforms and Windows and everything else, everyone has a completely different underlying implementation.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. 100% rewritten. Mm-hmm. And for each one of them, we take the right type of shortcuts to make it look better. The initial implementation, for instance, on Android used double buffering, which was a common approach to render back in the day. And uh, But that stopped being efficient in Android, I think, circa Android 4 or 5. I don't remember when. It, it just suddenly mm-hmm. became really slow. So we completely rewrote the the pipeline, I think, uh, a few times uh, by now. And uh, we adapted it to the way that Android works today with uh, GPUs, so it works better and Mm -hmm. is more fluent. And uh, each one of those platforms, we, we did a completely different implementation. Now, the VM is also completely different between the OSs. So on Android, we just use the Android VM. We don't reinvent the wheel in any way. That's one of the reasons we're very efficient on Android. On iOS, we have uh, the PowerPower VM, which we wrote. And it's uh, it just translates to C and then compiles in Xcode. So it's a native application in every wow. measurable mm-hmm. way. And uh, and sign in an Xcode and everything. It's literally, you can download an Xcode project or just generate an Xcode project and just compile and run it directly. But this and is And you brilliant. can even debug it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, because you that's get... one of the things I like. You can debug it. You can see the function names map to the method names in codename Mm one. And you can actually see the name of the method there and set a breakpoint. And if you get a failure, you can see a stack trace. And the stack trace is readable because it maps directly to the stuff in Java. You can run the profiler and see the performance output and everything. It all works uh, natively on the device with the debugger, on-device debugging and everything. And that's really cool. Uh, and it's also f- forward compatible because uh, Apple will com- continue supporting Xcode. Worst mm-hmm. case scenario, you might need to fix a thing or two there, but it will work.
0: But and, uh, is it the code is understandable in Xcode, or is just read only? Um, oh, write only.
1: So you can you can re- I can read it. Okay, it looks kind of like a bytecode, so I'm okay. sure you can read it to some degree. Um, okay. it's uh, it takes getting used to. Okay. Obviously, initially, some people get panic because of the size, but once you start using it, they understand how how to work with it and they understand the boundaries of the methods and things like mm-hmm. that. It's not something mm-hmm. you would maintain. I wouldn't mm-hmm. maintain it okay. as is but but you understand where it goes and and one of the nice things there is that the garbage collector is written into the code, so mm-hmm. you literally have mark uh, mark methods all over the functions all over the code for every class. And you can see the mark sweep process and place breakpoints on that and see how garbage collector actually works and on the device, it's really nice.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do in the web? I'm curious now. So you said you have web target, what happened? In the web,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. So in the web, we used um, TVM, which is a great Mm -hmm. virtual machine for JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And it lets you generate uh, JavaScript code from bytecode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the author of that also wrote a version of, uh, that, that works with ASIM, as far as I know, but there's not, really no need for that. The version that generates JavaScript is super fast and really small, so it generates a relatively small application that loads almost mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And there we use just Canvas to draw the, yeah. the UI.
0: So and this is what I suspected. So your architecture is very similar to Flutter, actually, right? So you also mentioned yeah. that because you are actually drawing, you know, everything natively in yeah. the graphics pipeline. And and um, if I if I have in JavaFX a button, is it going to be the native button? And your no. button, no, also no, it's also drawn. No,
1: we're very similar to JavaFX as well because both of us derive from Swing in a way. Okay,
0: but Swing uh, was able to. Not, but Swing was able to provide a native buttons in one point of time on desktop. AWT did, uh, provided a native button. Uh, and Swing, course, Swing Apple, allows you, you
1: mixing. Exactly. What you're talking about is mixing. So mm-hmm. uh, Swing didn't have a native button, but it lets you mix in a uh, native widget and still work with uh, Swing, which wasn't possible in the initial version and wasn't possible for years. In more recent versions, it allowed you to, to mix native and, heavy and lightweight widgets. And we allow that in Codename One as well.
0: What I remember so, distinctly, I had Windows Vista mm-hmm. back then, and there was an announcement from Swing team, I don't know which Java it was, that uh, on Windows, they are using native widgets right now. That's what I remember. And they look different, mm-hmm. and it was faster. It native was, uh, theming. Lo-
1: it was, uh, I think, native theming. They didn't. And use some widgets. widgets,
0: like buttons. I think these were native Vista buttons, no more drones. So I, I, maybe I was wrong. You are right. So you are uh-huh. the expert on UI uh-huh. level, but this is why what I remembered. Um, okay. So it means um everyone draws, you are drawing more directly, and uh, Java fix because of the syngraph indirectly with more with more uh generic thoughts or strategic thoughts and you are more better so you're very flatter for Java developers, right?
1: Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> it's the no, the it, architecture of Flutter is also similar, although unlike. So Flutter works a bit more um Flutter needs a native virtual machine. It can't run on top of the JVM. So, mm-hmm. in order for that virtual machine to run, actually they don't—they don't like it when I call it a virtual machine, right? Mm-hmm. So they claim that it's a runtime, not a virtual machine. Which I think potato potato. You know, the moment you are mm-hmm. AOT compiled, same thing. You know, uh, where is the line where you say virtual machine when you have uh, an AOT compilation? So, uh, they have a runtime that's separate from uh, the runtime uh, of uh, the Dalvik system in, uh-huh. in Android. Uh-huh. So, if you have a Flutter application and it needs to communicate with the Android uh, uh-huh. Dalvik environment, it needs to sort of go through JNI. Uh-huh. Now, they have a sort of a bridge with, uh, which is supposed to provide events faster but without the jni overhead but obviously there's complexities there because it's a single threaded environment where they need to somehow communicate with uh, the native uh, java because on on android native is java essentially mm-hmm. and uh and and it's a process it's mm-hmm. um it's not necessarily trivial there uh on the other hand they did a lot of optimizations there so mm-hmm. They go directly into the graphics uh, in the native code without going through Java. And that Mm -hmm. way they're able to provide a reasonable frame rate. And they also branded it really, really well. Instead of going out and saying, oh, we're good enough, they they instantly went and tried to claim high performance. And people buy into that and it it isn't wrong. You know, they did a lot of work there in terms Mm -hmm. of performance. It's I like good. the
0: Dart language as well. I mean, at least you no know, with with the Dart uh, it is it, it is okay. But I would still prefer Java. But um, I prefer no Java, uh, Dart uh, over I don't know uh, other languages. I would say so. The choice was was nice. Hmm. So now now the questions regarding uh, Code Name One. Let's imagine I have nothing on my machine. So I have fresh fresh MacBook. What I have to install to create a text field with a button? which sends you know a rest request to a java backend. So let's say i have an and an, an, okay but uh, how to start with IntelliJ code? IntelliJ
1: or VS code? Just okay. start code code 1. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, You can work with VS code start.codename1.com. Mm-hmm. Select the id that you want and just download the sort of a codename1 initializer like spring mm-hmm. and uh, you just download a zip project that's in maven and mm-hmm. just unzip it and open it in your id and start working.
0: Okay. It's, and in order uh, to ship it to, uh, to, uh, to iOS store, to Android store, and um, have a web so, target, so what do I will need to do?
1: So you need to, there is a guide uh, for mm-hmm. building the Maven applications. There's targets within the Maven okay. that target each one of those uh, different targets, so to speak. And uh, some of them work locally. So for instance, you can generate an Xcode project and just compile it if you have a Mac and that will work mm-hmm. for you for iOS and, and stuff like that. Or you can send a build to our cloud servers, which generate a uh, native application for you, and then you don't need a Mac, mm-hmm. uh, which you get a free quota every month or so. for And, and uh, for the, web, and the web, web part? The web the web part is our, in our enterprise plan. <laughs> okay. That, that's uh, how we make some money. Uh, okay. And, and that's there the other targets the ios target the android target and the jar target for desktop are all uh, completely free
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: there's uh we also provide free quota for windows builds uh for i um for ios for android and uh, uh uwp which is a universal windows platform stuff like that mm-hmm. uh and uh other targets for desktop we, we also include targets for desktop um, mm-hmm. installers for mac for ios mm-hmm. uh, for do Windows, i need
0: your etc. cloud or could i build everything by myself no
1: you can build most of the stuff by yourself the web version isn't open source
0: so no there's no that's problem that's not an option what what the, what is the what other is targets open source? are all open source so i can everything build it on my machine and ship it yeah. so what is the added value yeah. of your cloud then just to uh, to have more security you don't need power. a mac Okay. You
1: don't need a Mac for that. Okay. You don't need a Windows machine for that. Okay. Uh, and the fact that... Uh, so multi-OS OS deployment, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Multi-OS deployment. So I have yeah. one machine regardless what is, and I push to your cloud and you're creating binary for all targets. Okay, this is yeah. like metrics build. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where your cloud is yeah. running? On Asia, AWS? Uh,
1: so parts of it are... It's highly distributed because of the problem. We need physical Macs to do that. Oh, okay. And so we have a host for Macs. Uh, we have another host for Windows. We use Linode for most of our okay. uh, machines, Linux machines, and uh, it's very hodgepodge sort of thing. Initially, we started with App Engine and sort of uh, burned mm-hmm. to the uh, on that thing, uh, but unfortunately, because of the way that uh, vendors, cloud vendors, sort of grab hold of you and won't let go, it's we're still stuck with that, still running because some services still depend on that. It's really, mm-hmm. you know, okay. <laughs> production pains. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to say, I like your approach with CodeName One. What I did, I also uh, did uh, some project with Flutter, and the initial experience was terrible. I don't know whether you tried to know to install Flutter. Yeah. It was like, it takes, it took, it was like two years ago, no kidding, I think one hour to set up, until everything was downloaded and redownloaded. One hour and, is and, good. Yeah, I say <laughs> yeah. Mobile is okay. difficult. And this is what, what I don't understand in general, you know. Um, I'm from, you know, beginnings of Java and everyone would say, you know, turnaround cycles and installation experience and application servers are terrible. But um, I use the application servers all the time, you know, Glassfish, Whitefly all the time. And sometimes I install the servers daily it's because I was lazy. I deleted everything with the caches and reinstalled the server. And it was a matter of two minutes. And now we got the new frameworks you know, which takes two hours to install, and no one complains. So we say, "Okay, this is like you no know, the greatest stuff." And if you take a look, it is way worse what we had in Java, you know ten years ago, if you think about this. And in our community, everyone complained it is heavyweight and you know whatever it takes forever. But even WebSphere, I think uh, I didn't like it at all. But I mean, from if you compare it to Flutter, I mean, WebSphere was was lightweight, right, For, from the installation perspective. So yeah. this is th- this is what what was interesting, right? Hey, um, Shai, this was expected. Um, I have to invite you back and just to talk about debug agent now, uh, just about debugging yeah. um, debug. If you like debug strategies, your book, because this is actually, and this was supposed, you know, to be one podcast one episode and now we have i think four and i'm not sure whether we cover the debugging in one it depends on you but um i'm really glad about yeah. codename one because um now it's um, some transparency and listeners can decide you know um whether it is uh and and maybe take off i mean uh, for me it is no reason not to take off if you communicate clearly okay we did some shortcuts it's a small is not a standard but i mean who cares nothing else is standard right Then this is a complete different situation to, you know, what we had the JCP and JSRs and Japs. This is complete different world. Whether you're building, you know, a situational app, build it fast and uh, and save time right now, even if it dies in two years. So you build it differently. I mean, you know, it's not like Mm -hmm. I also don't believe that if you build something with Flutter today, um, you don't have you know to reconfigure and rebuild in two years. So Flutter also changes. So there is no stable environment anymore. I would say in, in UI at least.
1: Yeah, I think Flutter's architecture is far more complex because it includes the full stack of the architecture. Mm -hmm. And we kind of rely on Java on the platforms where it works. Mm -hmm. So we have the sort of crutch uh, that we use to build a lot of stuff and we can just build on top of that instead of Mm -hmm. essentially porting the entire VM every time and we use more of the capabilities of the native platforms take more shortcuts and because it was built with a smaller team it's a simpler more uh uh well more of a found technology i'd say mm-hmm. process of uh of uh building it and so mm-hmm. it's I, i'm for the keep it simple approach yeah and, for me as well
0: and, Flutter and, and I would is say, yeah. large. And for me it's either you know you do something with lots of abstractions for a reason like standards or you or you have all the shortcuts keep it simple and fast and if it's, the strategy is clear and no. clearly communicated it's, it's just perfect this is what makes software maintainable you have to know why you're doing mm-hmm. something right the verse is you know to this is what i is funny in most enterprise projects. there is no reason you know to be not to be kiss and uh, and they you know create twenty layers because one day a table can get you know one column and therefore we need twenty layers and translators or whatever this is what I never never got, but um yeah, perfect um thank you a lot, Mr Debug Agent thank you. so this is the I think the only Debug Agent or 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 burning coder in the world who can explain. <laughs> two Java UI stacks, right? So, and, and your book is not even about UI, it's more even, even <laughs> Kubernetes is covered a little bit, though, right? So what, what I saw, this yeah. is actually yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm really curious about your debug strategies. And, um, and yeah, thank you a lot. Where people can find you?
1: Thank you. Debugagent.com uh, and uh, uh, at Debugagent on YouTube, uh, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, uh, in Shailamog, obviously, you can Google it, uh, dominate Google.
0: Very Uh, good. So the dominant try on Google. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you.